0: a good God. I hope that you've had a week of God encounters this week and that he has been real in your life and you've had opportunities to give him thanks for all that he's done for you this week. Uh, What an incredible uh, honor and and privilege it is to be able to just know that God is with us. Amen. And he is here today. I believe it. I'm trusting him today. I'm going to invite you to take your outline out. The book of John is where we're going to be today. I want to thank you uh, for those of you that, that colored pictures or drew pictures last week. Uh, on the, how many of you enjoyed doodling in church? A few of you. Yeah, good, good. We like to let everybody learn at their own, in their own way here at PCN. Amen? And uh, we're thankful for that. Today we're going we're gonna to do some a little bit different, give you some more images to think about uh, as we go through God's Word today. John chapter 12 is where we're going to be. And uh, we're in this Lenten season, and we're talking about how God so loved us, and being reminded of the sacrifice uh, during this season, of the the cost of this season. And today is no different as we continue our journey through this Lenten journey as we get to John's Gospel. Chapter 12 is going to be where we're at today. I want to invite you, if you would, to stand with me for the reading of God's Word from John chapter 12. I'm going to begin reading with verse number one. It'll be on the screen for you if you don't have your scriptures with you today. John chapter 12, verse 1. Six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary, took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with fragrance. I want to pause right there for just a moment. I want you just in your mind's eye right now to think about that moment in in your life where you've walked into a room and the aroma has been overwhelming. Picture that in your mind right now. The house was filled with the fragrance. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray Jesus, said, That perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Jesus replied, Leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. God, we thank you for your word, your word that is true, your word that is alive, your word that is active. And I pray, God, that it would be your word that speaks to our hearts today. Hide me behind your cross, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Did you know that smell triggers memories? Smell triggers memories. Smell triggers memory more than any other sense that we have in our human body. Let me give you a brief and butchered science lesson, okay? And I say butchered because I'm gonna butcher these words, but uh, just bear with me, okay? Here's a brief, very butchered science lesson about our brain and how our memory works. So. Don't correct me now. You can come to me after the service and correct my pronunciation of these words, okay? Uh, I am not a scientist or a doctor, and I don't claim to be, and I did not stay at a Holiday in Express last night. So I'm going to really butcher these. But here we go, okay? The olfactory bulb that runs from the nose to the bottom of the brain is connected to both the amygdala and hippocampus. The parts of the brain that are associated with the emotion of memory. Here's what blew my mind. The other senses that we have do not directly touch these parts of the brain. Wow. Therefore, the sense of smell is one of the most important senses that the human body has. The sense of smell is one of the most impactful senses that we have been given smell triggers memories smell triggers memories and that's why I'm one of those weird people that I like to, to smell things um, I was probably one of those kids I don't remember this and that's probably why I don't remember this that I would take the cap off of a marker and smell it just before I used it anybody else like that I just want to make sure I'm not alone okay a few of you good there's a few weirdo weirdos in the bunch today good but <laughs> it's a good weird it's a good weird I'm one of you but my daughter's the same way. I'll, I'll catch her just smelling things. I'm like, Emma, "What's that smell like?" Well, I don't know. It just kind of smells different. And we smell things. And so, smell for me triggers things. I've got some pictures I want to show you because pictures you'll see it because we can't really smell it here in in, in church. But uh, let me show you a few of these slides. Here's here's something that triggers memories for me. Now, uh, yeah, there's some groans. I, I heard that. Yeah. Um, the kansas City royals we we lived in Kansas City for three and a half years of, of our life, married life together, and uh, before that, my family would go and we 'd vacation in kansas city and every Every summer that we went, we would go to a Royals game and I remember walking in no matter where I walked in into the into the stadium, the smell of freshly cut grass, the smell of the hot dogs and the popcorn and and all of the aroma of the ball field and The closer you got to the field. You could even smell as they were watering the infield. You can smell the chemicals. You can smell so much in a baseball stadium. And it just triggers memories. Here's some, here's some more pictures that, that this triggers memories of. Uh, Emma, she got tired of smelling the, the ball field, I guess, that day. Uh, but we were at a ball game, and then there's little Emma uh, falling asleep there. And look at that cool cat right behind her. Yeah, go, go back real quick. Look at that cool cat behind her. If I ever wear my hat backwards, you just let me know to stop it, okay? Um, yeah, okay, go on. So there's memories that I have with our family. That that night specifically, uh, the smell in the ballpark was, was awesome, but as we got there, it was raining. And so the smell of rain, you all know that smell, and that, that smell was coming. We knew that we were going to be in a rain delay that night, but we stayed the entire time, and you, can, you can't really tell, but you can see Emma's hair is really wet. We were out running through the, through the aisles in the rain and during the rain delay. It was just a fun night, memories at the ballpark. Smell triggers those memories. Here's another one that, that triggers memories for me. Uh, what a special day that was for me. Um, as uh, I remember the smell of her perfume on that, on that day. Uh, and when she wears that perfume, it, it triggers memories of our wedding day, and and just how special that was. That place, that church, that church seated six hundred people, and we had that place jam packed with twenty seven. That was a great day. Uh, it was it was wonderful. The, go to the next one. This was our reception because we had a small wedding. Uh, we had twenty seven people. We didn't have a, a traditional reception. We are at Famous Dave's Barbecue for our reception, and uh, you can see the look on her face, but you can just imagine the smell, right, of barbecue. I was worried about dripping it on my nice white vest there, Uh, but you could see the expression on her face maybe. This was our first fight as a married couple, yeah, Uh, what you're going to order and who's paying for it. Yeah, that's kind of where that was going, I think, but memories that were triggered by smell. Then I have memories of my grandparents uh, that are triggered by things that I smell. And uh, one of my grandparents is, is no longer with us. He's in heaven, and I'm thankful for that. But uh, let's go to the next one. This is something that we would smell when we went into his house, when we'd go to visit. And uh, beef jerky uh, dehydrating and cooking. My grandpa had the best recipe for, for beef jerky. And we were so excited to be able to go to grandma and grandpa's house for for vacation and to get to see them. Go to the next one. This one wasn't as pleasant. Uh, every time I smell this, to this day, I can't help but think of my grandma. And uh, if if we were staying with my grandparents without my parents, usually one of us ended up having to sleep in my grandma's bed, and her pillow just reeked of absorbing Junior. Yeah. Some of you have that same memory, and you're smelling that right now as as we talk about it. But the reality of it is, is that smell triggers memories. I don't know about you and what those memories are for you. I was asking a few people this week about what those memories are for them as they are triggered by those smells. And Alicia has one of those memories that is triggered by cigarette smoke. And uh, she grew up with, with smokers in the house, and so... Now that she's away from that, anytime she smells cigarette smoke, it, it brings back memories of childhood and riding in the car with her parents and grandparents and and just that that smell that, that we can correlate with certain memories. Uh, maybe for you, it's uh, smells that were of a certain food that was being cooked in the house or maybe a smell of childhood memories of baking with mom or grandma and the the smells of the kitchen. For you guys, maybe it was the smell of, of, of gasoline as you were working on a car or or a lawnmower or cut grass or whatever the case may be. Maybe for some of you, it's the smell of manure. Believe it or not, somebody told me that this, this week, is that when they smell manure, their memory is triggered. I don't know about you, I remember as a kid driving by some of those those, those cattle farms and those sale barns, and, and I would ask my dad, I'm like, Dad, what is that smell? Can you just turn it off? And he's like, no, that's the smell of money. You know, you got to get used to that. So some of you know that smell, and it, and it triggers those, those memories. But the smell of, and memories caused me to ask a question today. Do your memories cause you to respond extravagantly? Extravagantly. Do your memories cause you to respond extravagantly? In our text today, there's a couple lingering scents that are happening that we need to discuss and, and talk about. You see, in our text today, they've all gathered, all of the characters in, in our text today have gathered for basically an honorary party for Jesus. Now, not directly before this, but one of the, the last miracles that Jesus has done before this gathering has taken place is that Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead. He was dead. They, they called for Jesus to come. If you remember the story, Jesus couldn't get there right away. He said, let's wait. The Father's work will be glorified in this. And they waited, and they get to Mary and Martha at the tomb, and they're mad at Jesus. They're upset. Jesus, why couldn't you come sooner? And then Jesus goes to roll away the grave entrance. And if you remember the story, they were hesitant. Jesus, it's going to stink. It's going to have a smell of death and decay that we don't want to be reminded of because our, our brother is gone. You're too late. You see, so this, this lingering smell of death is still in the air in this party. I can, I can just feel it. But not only of Lazarus' death, Jesus knows that in six short days, he is going to die. He knows this. They don't know it. But I can just imagine the scent of death is prominent in this place the scent of death is prominent it's not a pleasant a pleasant memory it's not a pleasant thing to think about but the smell of lazarus death was shocking to mary and martha as as they're seeing jesus there and they're seeing lazarus there and and jesus knows that in 6 days he's going to die that those memories are coming back to them i can just imagine that. as as mary is sitting there and jesus is in her presence again And she can't help but think, I didn't want that entrance rolled away because I was afraid of the smell. But now I can see that there's life. There was no death. There was no decay. And Jesus, you worked your miracle, and it changed the atmosphere. You see, Jesus knows that his death is coming, and the approaching smell of death, it's got to be heavy in the air. But then something happened. Something happens. Mary changes the fragrance in the room. Mary changes the fragrance in the the room. The aroma of the perfume permeates every corner with a new scent. It's a scent of gratitude as the return of her brother to life. It's a a, a scent of gratitude that Jesus... Her Savior, the one who has saved her, the one who she's trusted in, the the confidant, the friend, the the trusted teacher is there in her presence. There's the scent of celebration, of life and the glory of Jesus, the scent of resurrection in the midst of death, the scent of lavished love poured out for her Savior. Mary changes the fragrance. Smell that changes the atmosphere. Smell that triggers memories. Smells that evoke change and response. Smells of love are covering this room. And it makes me realize today, and as I share this with you, that extravagant love is the goal. Extravagant love is the goal. I want us to, to talk about this for just a minute. Mary is showing her love in an extravagant way, but she's motivated by certain things that are happening right now as she does what she does. Mary is motivated by memory. She's motivated by memory. See, we have to understand some very important details about Mary from this text. Okay, We see that, that she comes in and she does this in these short eight verses she has this encounter with Jesus, and it upsets some people, but we need to understand some things about Mary before we move a little bit further. Mary does this action because she's motivated by memory. She's motivated by memory. You see, we find Mary is the disciple of Jesus. We find this in Luke's account of the story in chapter 10 of Luke. You can go there and check it out later if you want, to make sure the pastor's telling you the truth. But Luke chapter 10 tells us a little bit more about Mary. Mary's a disciple of Jesus. This is different because... Women were not allowed to be disciples of rabbis. But we are classifying, the writer in Luke Scott, Luke is classifying Mary as a disciple of a Jewish teacher. That's against the law. So Mary is, is not living according to the Jewish law that is there in front of her. She is a disciple of Jesus. Another thing we, we find out about Mary is that she's motivated more by her desire to know Jesus than her social standing. Here's what you need to to know about this. What Mary did in this situation was deemed very, very inappropriate. The the way that she approached Jesus, the way that she's touching Jesus, the way that she's even in the same room as Jesus is considered inappropriate. Okay? Leviticus Leviticus chapter 18, this isn't just my understanding, this is Bible. Leviticus 18 has has a law listed there that talks about the fact that women could not be in the same presence as men. They could not touch them. They could not talk to them in public unless they were family. There's a Levitical law about this. Mary is breaking these laws. Mary is in the same room. She's, She's addressing Jesus, and not only that, she's touching Jesus. This is very inappropriate. This would be equivalent to, if I'm out there shaking your hands as you're leaving The the church today, and somebody who's not my wife just comes up to me and just starts holding me and hugging me and caressing my arm, and everybody's looking at her like, What are you doing? You know what I'm talking about? It's inappropriate. It's inappropriate. The action she's doing is inappropriate for the social standing of the day. She's breaking the law. And yet, Mary doesn't care about the law. She's motivated by a memory. She's motivated by what Jesus has done for her. Mary is risking her reputation and Jesus' reputation to exude extravagant love. You see, these components are all factors because everybody around in the room is, is noticing what's happening. Have you ever been in one of those awkward situations where you know something's going on that shouldn't be and you're just like... I don't want to address this. I'm just going to turn my face and not see what's going on over here. You know what I'm talking about. That's what's going on here. Everybody's uncomfortable. Everybody's a little awkward based on what Mary is doing. But Mary is assuming some outcomes based on her memories. Let me give you an example of this. She's assuming an outcome based on her memory. She has the recent memory of Lazarus, her brother, being dead. They've buried him in the, in the, in the tomb and he is dead. He's there. And then Jesus shows up and he comes and he tells Lazarus to get up and walk out. This is very fresh on Mary's mind. Mary is assuming an outcome by what she's doing in this room. She is assuming that her love is going to be received in a good way. Why? Because she has memories of positive outcomes with this man before. How many times do we do things knowing that something has happened in the past and we do it again to hope that it repeats itself? You know what I'm talking about? If you've played any kind of sports, you know what I'm talking about. I sit there with my boys and when I'm playing catch with them at the baseball and I'm rolling them grounders and doing things. You've got to do the fundamentals. You've got to get down. You've got to get your glove down. You've got to receive that ball and you've got to make a good throw. Why do we do that over and over and over? Because we're assuming an outcome based on a memory that we have. We're expecting something to happen based on something we know has happened before. Mary is showing love because she knows something that's happened before in her life, she wants to show an incredible amount of love towards because of what's happened in her life. Mary assumes an outcome based on her memories. The memory is clear. Lazarus, is dead. The smell of death is fresh on her mind. And now she's motivated by her memories of Jesus raising her brother from the dead. Her motivation based on memory of Jesus' life and actions caused her to do something else as well. They cause her to respond based on a trusted relationship. You see, this family had, this wasn't the first interaction that Mary and Martha had with Jesus. This was a family that was close to Jesus. They knew Jesus. They had had entertained Jesus before. He'd been in their homes before. They knew how to get a hold of Jesus. They were some of Jesus' closest friends. They were a trusted relationship. Mary knew that her actions in this story were based on a response with a trusted relationship. She knew she could trust Jesus. She knew that Jesus was more than just some man walking around with a great following. She believed that Jesus was who he, said he was who he said he was. You see, Mary received the grace and the forgiveness and the salvation that Jesus had to offer. And it changed her whole look on Jesus. And she responds because she has a trusted relationship with somebody she knows is her Savior. Wow. How do we respond to trusted relationships? Mary's actions cause a change in the atmosphere. She breaks open this jar. The aroma fills the room. And Mary's response gives us the scent of love. The scent of love. You see, Mary gets her offering out while the men are reclined at the table. The men are at the table eating and how this takes place is they're not even paying attention to what she's doing. She's off doing what she's supposed to be doing and she comes with her offering that she's ready to do and all the men are reclined at the table so their feet are kind of sticking out. She doesn't even have to address Jesus. She goes over there. I can imagine there's tears of, of just incredible happiness flowing down her face as she's there at her master's feet and she breaks open this jar and it changes the entire scene. Now everybody who was kind of talking amongst themselves and doing their own thing at the table, now she's gone and done something inappropriate. She's gone and messed up the plane. She's broken the jar. She begins to wash Jesus' feet. She's touching the master, and she's drying it him with her hair. But it's so extravagant. It's so bold. The scent is overwhelming, and it causes everybody to turn and focus on what's going on. It changes their attention. In fact, we know because the disciples begin to grumble, don't they? They begin to ask each other what's going on. They begin to think that, you know what, this is a little bit over the top. What is happening here? In other words, we see that the scent of love has four characteristics I want us to see today. The first one is this. The scent of love is extravagant. It's extravagant. John tells us in this account, as do the other gospel writers, that this jar of perfume was imported from India. It was an import. It was expensive perfume that was primarily used for preparing bodies for burial. The expensive perfume was worth 300 days' wages. You see, in, the, in, the, in that culture, in that time frame, they were not paid for holy days and Sabbaths. So they were paid 300 days a year, and this was worth 300 denarii. Denarius was a day's wage. So they, they were. this jar was worth a year's wages. It was very extravagant. It was very extravagant. It doesn't matter how much you make a year. It doesn't matter what your income is. But can you imagine whatever that income is, taking that income and using it on one thing? One thing. Here's another way that this is used extravagantly in our society today. And, and I know we don't, we don't condone this. We don't agree with this. So I don't want you to get caught up in, in what I'm going to talk about. But it's, it's, it's what happens. Many of us follow sports. We see sports at the forefront of, of our lives in many different ways. And one of the ways that athletes celebrate is they will win the championship of their sporting event. And I'm going to use basketball as an, a particular source here. So how many of you here know who LeBron James is? You've heard the name, you might know who he is, he's a basketball player, probably right now one of the, the greatest basketball players of this generation, but he, he's worked very hard to win championships in his sport, in his job. And when he won the championship in 2016 with the Cleveland Cavaliers, there are clips that you can find on the internet of when they got in the locker room, they started popping champagne bottles and just spraying champagne everywhere. Well, there's even articles that tell us what the team went and did as they celebrated that night. And I read one of these articles in 2016 at the pinnacle of his his career, of winning a championship for his hometown team. LeBron James went out and celebrated with his teammates, and they drank champagne, and every bottle of champagne they drank cost $75,000 a bottle. Wow. Wow. Now many of you are sitting out there saying, idiot, what a waste of money. What a waste of, of money, what a waste of, of, of a celebration, what a waste. But let me, let, me, let me kind of rein us back a little bit. We have to understand that this is the pinnacle of his life. It's everything he's ever lived for. It's the the climax, and I know that can be depressing because we're talking about sports, but it's everything he's trained for, everything he's lived for. His whole life has been devoted to this, and so now he wants to celebrate extravagantly. Mary's doing the same thing. You see, this bottle of perfume was an extravagant symbol of love. Mary probably didn't have the money to waste on a whole year's wages on one item. But she was at the pinnacle of her walk with the Lord. She was at the pinnacle. She knew that time was coming to an end. How much more time do we have with our Savior, with Jesus, this incredible man? I need to show Him how much I love Him. Boom, she pops the lid on that thing, And the extravagant aroma... Of love is on display. And yet the disciples had similar reactions to you and I about LeBron James. Are you kidding me? Couldn't we have done something better with this money? Couldn't we have sold this perfume and given it to the poor? Couldn't we have helped so many more people on a year's wages? Well, We just don't get it. Mary's love was extravagant. The scent was extravagant. Mary was extravagant, and you could smell the scent of love in an extravagant way because of her actions. We also see the scent of love is fragrant. As we return to the room where the party's taking place, the the men are reclining, and, and this allowed for this response to take place, and when she breaks The lid of the jar open. You see, I've preached on this before, and and the sacrifice that this was. And when she breaks the jar, she didn't just take the lid off so she could seal it back up. She didn't. She didn't just kind of break the top part of it off so that she could maybe put some modern day or whatever modern day in that time was press and seal over the top of it and save it for what it was meant for. No, she broke the entire jar. She broke it. There's no saving it. And as she breaks it, the the scent, the aroma, the fragrance of the room changes. You see, this particular perfume was used to prepare bodies for burial. It was used to prepare bodies that had just died. It It was there to use to to help the decay take longer, to maybe be more pleasant in that process. So you can imagine that as a a dying body is decaying, this perfume was used to help mask that smell. Pretty powerful. Very, very fragrant. But it was purposeful. The fragrance reminded them of burial it reminded them of what they had seen with Lazarus but it is reminding them it is it is pushing them forward to what Jesus is telling them about in 6 days folks i'm going to a cross in 6 days i'm going to die and mary your love is so extravagant it's so fragrant that you are here worshiping at my feet and preparing my body for burial it was noticeable it was a fragrant smell that would never end. You see, the scent of love is extravagant. It's fragrant. It's also overwhelming. The scent of love is overwhelming. It becomes overwhelming in a couple of places here, uh, and for a couple different reasons. the The scent of love is overwhelming because Mary is being inappropriate. Her social standing is now probably in jeopardy. Jesus's reputation is on the line. But her act of love is overwhelming because she doesn't care about any of that. She's with Jesus. She's with Jesus. And it's overwhelming because she doesn't care about what other people think. She doesn't care about what's been going on in the past. She cares about that moment, what's happening right then and there, and who she has right at her fingertips. I hope and pray that each one of us if we had Jesus face-to-face with us, that we would act in a similar way. I don't, I'm don't. i sorry, if Jesus is up here with me right now today and he was standing face-to-face, I wouldn't care a lick about what you were doing. I would be so overwhelmed with his presence, with his, his presence right here, tangible presence, and Mary got it. It was overwhelming because she was going completely over the top. But it's also overwhelming because the scent of, dare we say, unlove is overwhelming just as much. You see, Judas is there, and Judas is a thief, and the Bible tells us that that Judas is that Satan is taking over Judas, and he's about to betray Jesus. He's a thief. He's, he's the manager of their money, but he steals from them. Can you imagine stealing from Jesus? It takes a certain kind of guy to do that, I, I guess. But he's, he's sitting there, and the scent of of greed is overwhelming. The sense of selfishness is overwhelming. The sense of distaste is overwhelming. Not for Mary, for Judas. It's overwhelming because he doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. He doesn't understand the importance of what she is doing. Judas is thinking about service instead of love. Mary is sacrificing everything she has because of love. The scent of love is overwhelming. And finally, the scent of love goes both ways. Even though the smell of Lazarus' death still lingers, Lazarus is alive and he's in the room with them. The smell of gratitude and love are overwhelming. And even though, according to the law, Mary is out of line and acting improperly, Jesus is again, reinterprets the law and elevates love over status. Jesus elevates love over status. See, Mary's act of love was to show Jesus how much she loved him. But Jesus' response to Mary shows how much Jesus loves her. You see, when we read this story and we see what's going on here, Jesus tells the disciples, leave her alone. Stop. Stop ridiculing her. Stop stop bashing her for what she's doing. Stop second-guessing her. And in fact, stop doing that because she's going to be remembered. When anybody talks about my burial and this time in my life, she will be remembered forever. Wow. Wow. That's pretty extravagant. That's pretty overwhelming. And yet here we are some 2,000 plus years later talking about Jesus, but who else are we talking about? Mary. Jesus responds in a way that shows her how much he loves her and cares about her and desires for her to be able to worship him the way that she's doing this act of love, this act of extravagant love, fragrant love, overwhelming love, causes me to wonder, is my life a fragrant offering to the Lord? Is your life a fragrant offering to the Lord? You see, Mary was considered a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, if you will. She learned from his teachings. She believed that she was sharing and doing what Jesus was doing. She was right there with him. She was an all-in disciple of Jesus Christ. So I wonder, is, is our level of following Jesus the same as Mary's? Mary wasn't concerned about the law. She was more concerned about showing her love for Jesus. Maybe we should follow Love as the law. You see, Mary, she was looking to embrace Jesus over embracing the legalism of the day. Maybe we should seek to embrace Jesus and others over legalism or history and traditions. Hmm. You see, Mary desired to be as close to Jesus as possible. Maybe we should seek to get as close to Jesus as possible. Mary's action showed Jesus her love for him in an extravagant way. Do we show Jesus love extravagantly? I don't know. It makes me ask the question. And as we, as we close our service today and as we close this, this message, I just, I just want us to be able to reflect on that for a moment. I, I believe that it's important for us to, to have times of response where, where we, we respond to a, a certain situation and we've had the, the ability to do that. And I thank God for the victories that we've seen in the last few weeks in the life of our church. People coming to know the Lord and putting their trust in Jesus. That's good. That's good news, folks. Amen? we got two people, at least two people right now, that are going to be baptized Easter Sunday. That's good news. We have, we have opportunity because people are responding to the love of Jesus in their life. But there's also times that we need to have times of response where it's reflective, where it allows you to walk out of these doors today and chew on it a little bit. To, to, as you're eating lunch with your family and you're thinking about how much you love them and how much you sacrifice for them and how much you give them and how much of a blessing they are to you and, and, and the, the love going both ways, you're able to sit there today and maybe chew on this thought. Do I love Jesus more than I love my family? Do I seek to be as close to Jesus as I seek to be close to them? Do I seek to be all in for Jesus? as I seek to please others. So I want to ask you this question. Is your life a fragrant love offering for Jesus? Do you smell like Jesus? Smell triggers memories. When people smell your life, does it trigger memories of love and grace, kindness and patience, goodness? Does your life smell I had a friend of mine that he's a, he's a pastor and he's a great man of God and I, I, I look up to him in more ways than one. He's 6'5 and just a great guy, so I, I do look up to him. But uh, he preached a message similar to this and he talked about the fact that when we act like Jesus in our life, we give off an aroma. We smell like Jesus. When you do something for God, and it's out of your selfishness. It's away from that. It's not because of anything that you desire, that you want. When it's, it's all in for Him, it smells like Jesus. People will remember because it triggers something in their mind. When you are serving in the ways that you serve, whether it's with kids or with adults or with the Samaritan's Closet or the young people or the teens, whatever it is, when you're doing it, you're doing it. And it smells of Jesus. Sunday school teachers, when you're giving your lesson and you're preparing and you're and you're grinding over what you're getting ready to share, you smell like Jesus. Keep smelling like Jesus. When you're folding clothes at the closet, when you're praying for those people that come in there every single week, you smell like Jesus. You smell like Jesus. So, does your life smell? <laughs> Do you stink? Here's an even greater question sometimes. Does our church smell? Does our church smell? Does it smell like love? Does it smell like Jesus? Or does it smell like death and sin? God help us, amen? Would you stand with me today? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And I just want to pray for us in just a moment. As we close, I just want to encourage you this morning as your pastor Smell triggers memories. Smell triggers memories. God wants you to smell. Smell like Jesus. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking life into our lives. And I pray that each one of us today, God, as we leave this place, we would go out of here chewing on this truth of your word. May our life reflect a life that is lived with extravagant love for you. Love that is fragrant. Love that is overwhelming love that is noticeable. God, I pray that you would help each and every one of us to be reminded that what we do in your name should help other people not only see Jesus, but smell like Jesus. Thank you, God, for this day. In Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. Amen. Have a great day. We'll see you tonight at 6.30.